Hi, everybody. This is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 145. It's now been three years, seven months, and 12 days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. Did y'all miss me? It's been almost one month exactly since I last strapped on my trusty Roland 05 and recorded a show. Here in Southern California, we had a combination of triple digit heat wave and wildfires that gave me, let's just say, the perfect opportunity to experience patience and acceptance. But temps are down, my optimism is up, so I'm happy, happy, happy to report that day 145 is live from the next atop Zen place from the mountain. Woo! We have a lot of fun and surprises. So after our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, I'll share what I'm letting go of today. Then we'll greet four, count them, four new BCs who each contacted me in a different way. BC Cynthia from the Netherlands on Instagram. BC North who comments on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com and was welcomed already by friendly BC Josephine. Yay! BC Carolyn from Oklahoma who messaged me on Facebook and BC Cat with a K from South Jersey who earns her place on the Bravery Report for calling the Bravery Hotline with her story. I'll share what I learned about myself from Cat's call. Then Joe from the UK gives her colorful take on Foolish Fun, which reminds me of some fun I had as an exchange student in Germany. We'll hear a few comments about last show from Donnie and Stephanie from Quebec. Then we'll wrap up this surprising day on the mountain with the return of one of COD's original features, the BC Bravery Sports Report, which was created for us BCs to share our fitness challenges, joys, and aha moments with one another. Mark will join in on today's segment, which was inspired by a question for you all that I recorded via Instagram last time I was bike riding in Ventura. We hear answers to that question from Stephanie from Quebec, Joe from the UK, Sue from the UK, and Mary S. Then Mark and I have a conversation about each answer, and Mark reveals his surprising new exercise plan. So stay tuned while we listen to Josh, then I'll surprise you with what I'm letting go of today. But I'm letting go. Josh, I can't tell you how happy I am to be listening to you here up in the mountain with the birds and the sounds of the nature. It's really, really peaceful to be sitting here again at the next atop Upper Zen spot. It's really, really cool. And the mountain isn't too bad. I was expecting after the fires and the smoke that I'd see a lot more damage up here, but it's not too bad. And I see a lot of green trying to come back and it's kind of cool, you know, to see growth coming out of disaster, you know, it's kind of the cycle of life. And because we have so many things to cover and so many cool surprises today, this letting go segment isn't going to be as long as usual, but I wanted to bring forward something that I heard during one of my meditation things. Somebody, a meditation talk, made the following comment, that it's good to let go of good 
versus bad thinking. You know, like, oh, I'm good if I do this and I'm bad if I do this, or it's good if this happens and it's bad if this happens. Because that is all of the black and white, all or nothing thinking that kind of leads us down that compulsive mindset that can get us into trouble and really screw with our mood. Instead, they suggest, and I wish I invented it, but I didn't. They suggest that you think about things as, is it life affirming or life draining? Again, life affirming or life draining. And by golly, it's really, really, really been helping me because I used to see things like that, like, oh, I'm sitting here on the sofa watching Survivor instead of cleaning the house. And that happened many more times than I would like to admit, though I have admitted to that. <laughs> but now if I'm gonna sit down on the sofa to watch Survivor, I think to myself, is this a life-affirming thing for me to do? Or is this a life-draining thing for me to do? So let's take a look at watching Survivor on the couch under two scenarios, okay? Suppose I'm tempted to sit down on the sofa and watch Survivor, but I know that I wanted to do some vacuuming today because the house needs it. But instead, I'm gonna distract myself with Survivor. Well, that feeling of, I wish I would have had a cleaner house and I wish I would have accomplished what I set out to, watching Survivor is gonna niggle me in my brain and it's gonna drain my energy. It really is. When I do things, when I know that I had other things planned or other responsibilities, that's life draining for me. But let's say that I got up and I did my vacuuming and I decided I am tired now and I wanna sit down and watch Survivor. Well, I really enjoy watching reruns of Survivor. That would be life affirming. I would be listening to my body that wanted some rest. I would be doing something that I enjoy and I would feel great about it. Now, it's not bad to watch Survivor. Well, I guess we could have a discussion about that, but in my case, I don't think it's bad to watch Survivor. But I don't think it's necessarily life-affirming to sit on your couch and watch episode after episode of Survivor rather than interacting with your friends or your family or doing things that will make your life more happy and more fulfilling. Now, this really rang true for me yesterday because you know from my mortifying, dusty house of horrors that I do not enjoy cleaning at all. The process of cleaning is not usually life-affirming for me. But because of this heat and because of the fires and because of all of this stuff, Mark and I have been even more tardy <laughs> than usual at keeping up with some of the cleaning aspects of our house. It's just really hard to give the house a good scrubbing when it's so darn hot and running the air conditioning here in that great big heat wave is terribly, terribly expensive. <laughs> and we're retired, right? So we're kind of like, well, we'll just like play it cool and lay around and uh, sit in our shorts and not worry about cleaning. Well, this resulted into more spider webs in my windows than you could possibly imagine. These spiders must have wanted to come in out of the heat too, because I have never in my life seen so many spiders in my windows as I did the other day. And we have a two-story house, which means the staircase 
goes up. There's this really weird, odd-shaped window at the top portion of this staircase that is unreachable by any place in this house. Now, normally I take this kind of dust-type wand and knock things down, but I needed to get my vacuum cleaner up there and get these spiders out of that window, and it was really hard and it was a big chore. And I'm too short to do it. Even though I stood on my step stool and did everything I could, I just could not reach it. And so I had to ask Mark if he would help me. And I tell you, this was a huge, big production. We got out the ladder and Mark is over six feet tall. And even with him there and me kind of holding the vacuum up, it was hard, but we got those suckers, boy. And that made me think, you know, there's also a lot of spiders and spider webs that I've kind of noticed around in the house where I could reach. So I put it in my mind that the very next day I was going to get up and I was gonna wash all the curtains that I can wash, vacuum all the curtains I can't wash, and I was just gonna get the heck of these spiders out of my window so if I opened my drapes, I would not see spider webs and dead flies and things like this. Now, I'm sorry if that grosses you out, it grosses me out too. It's amazing how fast these insects can come into your house. And I just don't care for it. Plus they bite my ankles. I don't like that either. But normally if my choice was, hmm, let me go practice voice acting or let me go on Facebook or let me sit on the sofa and watch Survivor, that would be way more fun than vacuuming spiders out of the window. But because I had this new tool for my meditation, I thought to myself, what would be the most life-affirming thing I can do today? And I thought, getting these spiders out of the house would make you feel so great that this is finally accomplished. Even though you have about 1,000 things on the to-do list to get the mortifying, dusty house of horrors back in shape or so you can have parties and friends over and feel happy, that one thing would really make me feel great. So I did it. And I didn't have that normal sense of pressure and this, oh, I'm having to clean, I don't want to, that feeling like I had to do something because I should do it, because I was bad if I didn't do it, that I needed to be good in order to do it. No, 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 that all went away. I did it because that was the most life-affirming thing I could do that would give me a happy energy was to take care of this. And it was hard work, but I did it. And I noticed after I did it that the rest of the to-do list of the mortifying dusty house of horrors didn't bother me one jot. And I sat down to watch my survivor and I was a very happy camper. And I noticed that it also works when it comes to food. Pretend for a moment that you don't have any food rules whatsoever, but just imagine your most favorite meal and under two circumstances. One, you haven't eaten for a while, you've been out working or hiking or doing something, so you're feeling hungry, and here magically before you is your favorite meal. Would it be life-affirming to take some bites of that meal? Yes, it would. <laughs> now imagine you have this magical favorite meal appear before you, but you have already stuffed yourself in the last hour full of food and you've been sitting around watching Survivor instead of exercising. So your tummy is actually full, but you're really pissed off because of something your best friend or your spouse or your loved one did to you. You're just really mad, and here is this meal. And normally you would just like to eat that meal because 
it would help you cope with your emotions, right? But would that feel life affirming? Don't think good or bad, or I'm gonna get fat or any of that. Just think, will my life feel more affirmed if I eat this? Or will my life feel more drained if I eat this? And somehow, I don't know why, brave companions, but for me, that has helped me tremendously <laughs> to really kind of know if I'm hungry or not, or do I really want something delicious or not, or am I just having some emotional urge to use food in a way to distract me from emotions or to cope with emotions in the old pathway. Is everything I do, if I have a spork in the road, is it life affirming or life draining? Give it a try and let me know what you think. I like that one. Now, for one of my favorite things about Compulsive Overeating Diary, welcoming new BCs. Now, I know some of you love to welcome new BCs too, but it is overwhelming to remember them all. No fear, I will post a list of their names on today's show notes at compulsiveovereatingdiary.com slash day 145. So you can stop by to say hello to them and remember their names. First up, new BC Cynthia from the Netherlands reached out to me via Instagram to say she just started listening and gotten through episode four and found it resonated with her. She gave permission for me to say hello, and I am so excited to welcome a BC from her beautiful country, as I visited there years and years ago when I was an exchange student to Germany. And it brings back so many happy, happy memories of the friendly Dutch people and the wonderful history of that place. And as part of the comment conversation via Instagram that we've been having, Cynthia writes, the BCs feel like a close and friendly community. I love to listen to your stories on the road. You're great company on my trips. So my friendlies, please join me in welcoming Cynthia from the Netherlands to our band of BCs. And Cynthia, we look forward to getting to know you. And I so enjoy seeing your Instagram posts of your beautiful, beautiful country. Our next new BC is Carolyn from Oklahoma, who wrote to me via Facebook message on the Compulsive Overeating Diary show page. She says, Lori, I have been downloading your podcasts and listening while I walk. I'm only on episode day 12, but I wanted to find you on Facebook and say hi. Thank you for doing what you are doing. I have also struggled a long time with compulsive overeating, but am just now understanding it and working to deal with what triggers it. Looking forward to catching up on your podcasts and seeing where you are now. Listening to you through your struggles has helped me so much already. Carolyn in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hi, Carolyn. Welcome to the BCs. Carolyn said she'd skip ahead to today's show to hear her shout out. So (laughs) I'm so happy that you're here. I'm glad you reached out on Facebook. And I'm really, really pleased to hear that you listen during your walk because walking is what I'm all about walking and hiking and that's how come I started this show because I like to listen to podcasts when I'm walking so I thought well I can listen to what I have to say when I'm walking and maybe other people would like to hear what I have to say when they're walking so I really love that. Next up is one of my favorites an anonymous BC from northern Illinois whom I nicknamed BC North posted this comment on day 130 my big fat update show BC North writes Hi, Lori. I came upon your podcast last year looking for something to soothe my hurt feelings. I have been very distracted and busy until recently. I have never written anything online before, 
I am very shy and self-conscious. I've always had social anxiety. I'm working hard on it. I have a feeling a lot of BCs out there probably feel the same way I did. Love to listen to you. Too shy and self-conscious to comment. I am glad you are recording again. I am terribly sorry for the loss of your wonderful mother. Teachers have a special place in my heart. I had so many incredible teachers in school starting in the 90s. You will have to excuse my awful grammar and punctuation, ironic since I'm talking about teaching. Grade school is my favorite time in my life so far. If your mom was anything like my teachers, she was well loved by all her students. I believe you said it was third grade that she taught. I adored my third grade teacher, Mrs. Fisher. I especially loved her reading to us every day. You two look so happy in the attached picture of you and your mom. My mom and I too are very close and laugh and tease a lot. I think laughter is the best medicine, not food. I too have been struggling with binge slash compulsive overeating since age six or seven, I think. I never showed my disorder until 26 or 27. I was a normal looking 140 pound, five foot, eight inch girl until I got up to 195 through a few years of illnesses, broken bones, several cancer diagnoses of my dear dad. He's still chugging along, doing the best he can. Taking care of him humbled me, yet exposed slowly for the first time my secret. Nobody really made comments about my weight, but I knew it was obvious. I was a fit, flat, and carefree string bikini wearer, and then I was someone in black, blousy clothes. Through a lot of walking and self-control, I am down to 175. I would love to be down to the 150s again, someday. I have knee pain due to my active daily job, and I know extra weight is not helping my poor knees. I'm going to have to keep walking and trying to eat good foods in good amounts. Your podcast is an inspiration, and I hope you continue. There is so much pressure on us this time in our history with all forms of media. I've been told by many older folks in their 70s and 80s how bad it is now compared to when they grew up. Your podcast takes me back down to earth where real people live, not where glossy, perfect, airbrushed people on TV, internet, movies, and magazines reside. Comparing myself to them gets me nowhere. It's a tough pill to swallow, but that's life. I will take it one step at a time and one day at a time. Emotional slash mental illnesses have run in our family for generations, from anorexia, binge, schizophrenia, anxiety, and bipolar disorder. I have read and continue to over the years countless books on diet, mental illness, and healing. With your help, I'm getting there. Thank you, Lori, for your wisdom and candor. I don't feel so alone out there anymore. XOXO, your friend. I was so touched and humbled by Dear North's letter. It gave me a lot to ponder. And I replied, Hello, new BC North. Thank you for the gift of sharing your story and heart with us today. You are a very talented writer with a real way for words. I love this sentence here, both the sentiment and the way you put things. Quote, your podcast takes me back down to earth where real people live, not where glossy, perfect, airbrushed people on TV, internet, movies, and magazines reside. Comparing myself to them gets me nowhere. It's a tough pill to swallow, but that's life, unquote. I also think it was valuable and helpful for me to hear your point about BCs who feel shy and anxious about sharing their comments or stories, but who benefit from the BC community by listening. That is such an important point. Sometimes, like all of us, I get lost in the meanness of things, where I attribute everyone's action to something I did or didn't do. Usually not the case. 
and I get anxious too. I think that is why I freak out when I don't hear from BCs for a while. I have all kinds of crazy thoughts about how I mess things up. This is part of my disordered thinking, and I have been working on this very much. Meditation has been helping me lately. I just did 100 days in a row. Yay! I'm very sorry for your struggles, and I'm more proud of you than I can say that you put yourself on the bravery report by stepping out of the shadows to share with us. XOXOXO. P.S. Thanks, too, for the heartfelt sympathy over the loss of my mother. It still hurts, and your kind words are balm to that heartache. And as a shout-out, in this shout-out to B.C. North is one to B.C. Josephine, who stepped right up to welcome B.C. North on the blog. Josephine writes, Dear B.C. North, I completely relate to what you wrote about being very shy and having social anxiety. Most people make me very nervous, but I felt so at ease with Lori. She is so sincere and kind that I found myself writing a few comments because she touches my heart in her special Lori way. She is a treasure to all of us BCs, and I'm so happy you shared about you. Welcome to a very special place. And then, brave BC North wrote BC Josephine right back. Hi, Josephine. Us fragile yet strong BCs have to stick together. We are creative and sensitive with a lot to offer the world. Thanks for your kind words. Have a wonderful day. BCs, I think this is the epitome of what I hope Compulsive Overeating Diary is. A safe place for those of us who have fears, who feel disconnected from the, quote, normal people, unquote, who might not have the same struggles and challenges that we face to find our voices and our bravery, for us to support one another, not to just have the Lori show, though I admit it is fun and helpful for me to share with you, and I have personally felt for so many years that my voice was not welcome anywhere, that a very large part of my progress these last years has been being accepted by so very many of you. I truly hope that you will be inspired to come out of the shadows and write or call or communicate in any way you're comfortable with to let us BCs know who you are. I also hope in my heart of hearts that you will feel comfortable and brave enough to also step up as BC Josephine did for North to support the brave BCs who do. If we do this, if we support one another, all of our lives will shine more brightly and food and body image will become less of a ruling factor in our happiness. Last but certainly not least is new BC cat with a K from South Jersey, who leaps into the bravery report with this call to the bravery hotline. Hi, Laurie, my name is Kat. My real name is Catherine, but I go by Kat. And I live in South Jersey, right near Philadelphia. And I am only on episode seven of your podcast. I'm a newcomer. I just started earlier this week. Um, I listen to and from uh, on my commute to work. And right now I am out for a walk. It is seven o'clock in the morning. I'm out for a walk with my dog in my laundry cart, walking up to the laundromat, my usual Saturday thing. Um, I have been back on track. I guess I hate that term because um, I've been back on track a million and two times in my life. Um, but I have been back on track since Monday, the cliche Monday, um, feeling really good, you know, that I have gotten through, what, five days without binge eating. Uh, you know, I've been planning for my meals. I've been tracking. Uh, I use the Weight Watchers app. I've been tracking my food. 
I went back to jazzercise, which has been my um, in my entire obese life. Jazzercise has really been the only form of exercise um, that I have stuck with. Uh, I do love to hike. I love to bike. But as far as a formal one-hour workout three to four times a week, uh, I've tried everything. <laughs> and uh, jazzercise for me, dancing is um, has always been my thing. So my highest weight, I was 335 pounds. My lowest adult weight has been 170. Right now, I'm not so sure where I am, but I think I'm around 230 maybe, 235 um, I haven't weighed since I joined a gym a few months back, and obviously we know I'm not going to the gym anymore, even though I still have a membership. I really need to cancel that. I just wanted to tell you how much I am enjoying your podcast. I know that you take criticism really, really hard. There's one thing I did want to tell you about. I was so annoyed with you at first for some of the things that you were saying I was thinking it was petty that, you know, you you didn't um, get feedback from people, so you were kind of cranky about that. And then I thought, you know what? The reason that I didn't like that you said it is because I feel the same way. And that's why it made me uncomfortable to listen to it. So I'm really sorry for all the background noise. I'm dragging my laundry cart and my dog and huffing and puffing while I walk. Um, I look forward to feeling better again feeling more confident, uh, having a clearer head each day that goes by that I don't compulsively overeat. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling more confident. I'm definitely more uh, aware of my body and myself, just all around feeling really good. And uh, what a binge would do to me right now is a binge would set me back, and who knows when I would get this feeling back again. Who knows how soon. I would be able to rebound or if I have another rebound in me. So for today, I am going to stay on track. And uh, I, I welcome however you want to communicate with me. And I would love to stay on this track with you for a better life. And that would be my dog freaking out because another dog is walking by. So thanks, Laurie. Bye. Thank you, Kat, for being so very brave. Through this call and email exchanges, I discovered that Kat and I have a lot in common. For the record, I love jazzercise too, and even have bright pink dance kicks to do it in. And one thing I really took to heart from Kat's call was her feeling of annoyance about my whining about not having enough comments. Now, it wasn't that she was annoyed by that. Many, many BCs have let me know just how very annoyed they are by that. But rather her reasoning that she was annoyed because that is how she herself would feel. Wow, bingo, light bulb, big, big moment, at least for me. Because thinking about it, I realize I too am the very most annoyed by people who do what I am annoyed about in my own self. It is very scary for me to continually admit how much I want to hear from you because part of my own compulsive pattern, I have something that I like to call expectation avoidance. When I am expected to do something or someone even asks me to do something, I automatically feel compelled to do it. And I hate that. I feel pressure and resentful and a strong desire to, in that case, do the very opposite. 
So I internalized long, long ago that it is best to never, ever, ever, ever expect anything and to never, 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 never ask for anything or people will be, guess what, annoyed with me. Hence my wish for people to read my mind and meet my need without me risking admitting what I want. Like that's ever gonna happen. And the people-pleasing part of me who feels that she must be perfect and not annoy people just dies every time I risk admitting needs. But I promise to be truthful with you on Compulsive Overeating Diary and with myself. So when I feel that sadness or neediness or just plain loneliness, I let you know. So when you let me know how much my neediness is annoying, I am annoyed. <laughs> because I would be so annoyed by someone expecting me to communicate with them and so on and so on and so on. What a circular argument. So anyway, I hope you get it that the main point is that things that make me annoyed are the things I'm annoyed about with my own self. And so then I see that in a mirror when someone does something. So when I have a really annoyed feeling, that's a signal for me, Lori, to take a look at my life and say, okay, how do you do that, Lori? Let's think about that. Let's just think about that. So that was a really cool lesson. Oh, but. You know, this still is a little struggle point for me, wishing for comments. And the more I wish for comments for my own support, the more I know I need to support myself in some aspect of my own life. But on the other hand, when I wish for comments so the show can continue as a conversation versus a monologue, and also so that other BCs will feel supported when they tell their story, that is a very genuine and not needy on my part wish. Though I must be honest that at this point, even my own neediness is okay with me. We all have our needy moments and I'm not as ashamed of them as I once was. So that's cool. Anyway, bottom line, dear BC cat with a K from South Jersey, I am not in any way annoyed by your call or your emails, but thrilled to bits that you are brave and vibrant and willing to express your truth and I can't wait to learn even more about you and your story and what you're going to do in this great, big, wonderful life of ours. Moving on from annoyance to fun. BC Joe from the UK gives us her colorful take on foolish fun. <laughs> presents Foolish Fun, <laughs> the feature where messing up is just part of the act. <laughs> an Italian, a Frenchman and a Spaniard went for an interview for a job in England. Before the interview, they were told to make up a sentence in English with three main words, green, pink and yellow. The Italian was first. I wake up in the morning, I see the yellow sun, I see the green grass, and I think to myself, it will be a pink day. The Frenchman was next. I wake up in the morning, I eat a yellow banana, a green pepper, and in the evening, I watch the Pink Panther on TV. The last one was the Spaniard. I wake up in the morning, I hear the phone, gring, gring. I pink up the phone and say, yellow. 
Happy Foolish Fun! <laughs> and if you love to be foolish too, call the Bravery Hotline and get yours. Here we are! Joe, that story so reminded me of the unexpected fun I had in Germany as an exchange student, where so many words in German sounded similar to me. My favorite was when I was trying to tease our long-suffering student bus driver Heinrich by pointing a water pistol at him on a hot day and saying the German equivalent of your money or your life, which in German should have been something like Geld oder Leben, but I said Geld oder Liebe, which means your money or your love. And Heinrich answered, Liebe doch, which means love, of course. Duh! I also got to eat a lot of interesting things because I promised myself in Germany that I would eat whatever I ordered. Man, oh man, <laughs> I had some interesting food. But you know, when you're learning another language, a lot of those vowel sounds just sound really similar if you don't have that natural ear and I had some pretty amusing times in Germany and I had some pretty amusing times when the German exchange students came here to America and some of our English words sound really similar to them so I laughed at that joke. After our last show, Donnie caught up with us via comment about her house hunt and progress. Donnie says, Another lovely episode. I'm so glad the birthday festivities were enjoyable. OMG, life is as crazy as ever. Stressful. Buying a house and not possessing the trait of being patient. Ugh. I will say that I've been told I move faster than most at getting things done. Now my waiting is ultimately in the hands of everyone else. Fortunately, through this process, I've learned that I can eat to thrive and survive and not live to eat, laughing out loud, and that even when times are crazy, I make the healthier choices. Being constantly on the go lately, it seems, even if only mentally. My obsessions have gone by the wayside. I'm eating when I'm hungry, enough to satiate, and moving along. It's awesome sauce for me. This is a huge revelation. Well, Donnie, I'm proud of you, my friend, for soldiering through this windy and scary process. Good thoughts for you, and hooray for your progress. Stephanie from Quebec wrote this comment about the article I mentioned where Oprah said that she doesn't accept herself over 200 pounds. I read the article. Good read. Negative emotions also have physical consequences. Anger trait, for example, is strongly linked to high blood pressure, cholesterol, and strokes. If dieting may improve our health, we also need to be reminded that a diet mentality can induce anxiety, depression, and low self-esteem, which also hurt our bodies and our mind too. I guess it's all about balance. Stephanie, XX. And Stephanie's comment really got my pondering engine revving. I really was filled with ahas and wrote this as a reply. Wow, I really love your thought about this article. If dieting may improve our health, we also need to be reminded that a diet mentality can induce anxiety, depression, and low self-esteem, which also hurts our bodies and our mind too. Wow, this is an idea I had not considered before, but I totally get 
that this was part of why I was bothered by the whole, I can't accept myself over 200 pounds thing. Diet mentality and the focus on food and size has been such a robber of my joy. A famous saying in English is, quote, nothing tastes as good as thin feels, unquote. But I've been thin and I can truthfully say, quote, thin doesn't feel as good as freedom from food focus, unquote. I have so very recently truly come to understand that in my journey, food is meaningless. It is all about learning to identify, accept, let go, and or deal with emotions. My overeating and binge eating and diet focus were 100% the coping method I internalized from a young age. So to me, this was as natural as breathing. When my focus is on life and on dealing with the emotions, the food takes care of itself and my body feels great. This is challenging for me because of the ingrained behaviors. But my friend, I am finding more success as I let go of food from my mind. This is a great hope and joy for me. When eating for non-emotional reasons, I do not overeat. I don't want more than my body wants or a taste is enough to satisfy an urge. It is kind of exciting. Now my body is not a measure for how tightly I hold on to a diet plan, but rather how much progress I am making on the emotional front. I know this sounds like what I've been saying for a few years now, but I am just now internalizing this truth and it makes all the difference. Another thought that struck me lately was while I was out on a solo bike ride in Ventura last month, I stopped by the ocean to record my thoughts and questions via Instagram and the answers I received inspired me to bring in Mark for a new edition of the BC Bravery Sports Report. It's time for the BC Bravery Sports Report, where brave companions share their sports and fitness challenges, personal best, and awesome experiences, regardless of how many calories were burned. Well, honey, we just got back from Ventura. Yeah, we had a great time. Yeah? What was your favorite thing we did there? Well, my favorite thing is the bicycle rides along the ocean. That's always my favorite. Oh, me too. In fact, I like it so much that I got up the second day that we were there and did a solo bike ride along the ocean, and I recorded this for the Brave Companions. Hi, BCs. It's Lori out here for an early morning 12-mile bike ride. See this along the ocean? Isn't it beautiful? Well, I was thinking while I was riding, there's three main reasons why I exercise. One, for fitness. Two, for accomplishment. And three, for fun. And this morning, my number one reason is, you guessed it, fun. I love to ride along the ocean. How about you? What's your number one reason to exercise today? Hit me up at Lori Dreamweaver on Instagram at hashtag CODBCS. And some of the Brave Companions actually answered that question, Henny, on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Would you be interested in hearing what they had to say? Yeah, that'd be really cool. All right, then. Here, let's look first. Here's one from Stephanie from Quebec. She says that she likes to exercise to provoke proudness. I can certainly understand that. I get very proud when I accomplish something, especially when it comes to exercise. Are you working on any accomplishment right now exercise-wise? Oh, yeah. I'm trying to get in shape for the 50-mile Solvang bike ride. 
Well, that's cool. I've talked to the Brave Companions a little bit about that, but in your words, could you explain to them what the Solvang 50-mile bike ride is? Well, they have a bike ride twice a year in Solvang, and you can sign up for it. It's a group ride, and it's through some very pretty wine country. And it's a challenge, and it's fun to do. And it has hills. Oh, yeah. The hills are the favorite part. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> the wine is my favorite part. <laughs> well, that's, that's good, too. But anyway, to go back to Stephanie's point, when we actually crossed the finish line of doing 50 miles up hills and down in Solvang, how are we going to feel? Well, we're going to feel a lot of pride. But also, you feel a lot of pride just getting out there in the arena and trying to accomplish something. That's really great, honey. It isn't just the finish line. It's all the work that we're doing to cross that finish line. Yes, that's all part of the journey. Cool. Joe from the UK writes that she likes to exercise to give herself mental space. Can you relate to that reason? Oh, I certainly can. Uh, walking is my favorite way to do that. I can clear my mind and sometimes even actually let it go wild. But anyway, when I get done, I feel a lot better and my mind is clear. The funny thing is, honey, that you said once you started meditating that you were surprised it's kind of like your walks. I think they distract you from the the problems of the outside world and let you concentrate on on what's really going on with inside yourself. Well, this next one I know you're going to relate to because Sue from the UK writes that she went on a bike ride to try and overcome her fear of cycling. And to do that, she has a new electric bike, but she's a little bit nervous of traffic. So for Sue right now, it's about bravery. Yes, it's... It's certainly brave to get out there on, on a bicycle. That is really brave thing to do. And uh, the cars are scary. And to step outside your comfort zone is really, really a great, great uh, thing. So do you think that Sue has earned her place on the bravery report this week? Oh, I most definitely. <laughs> well, you heard it from Mark, Sue. You're on the bravery report. And then finally, I thought this was an interesting point. Mary S. writes that she exercises for fun also, but she also says that she's hung up the hat on treating exercise as a way out of gaining weight, and it's been much more freeing for her since she's taken the focus off of weight and on to fun. Have you got any thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. it's. I think when, you, when you're concentrating on the weight, it kind of kills the fun aspect of exercise somewhat, where if you just get out and do it for fun. I think you're more likely to do it. You're more likely to enjoy it. And it just becomes something in your life that you really, really like. Yes. It's a little known fact that you burn the same number of calories with a smile on your face as getting out of bed going, oh no, I have to go do my exercise. <laughs> you might even burn a few more actually, if you enjoy it. Yeah. You could, you can concentrate on other things like the birds and the smells and the people. You know, is there life out there as it happens? <laughs> That's right. Now, before we go today, you started a new exercise recently. I started yoga. Yoga. That's surprising. Yeah. Well, to clarify, that's that's the last thing I ever thought I'd do. Is is uh, but I read that uh, 
it was one of the best exercises for flexibility. And I found myself, even though I walk and bike ride, that I was becoming fairly inflexible. And so I thought I'd try yoga. How hard can it be? The people are on the floor, you know, they crawling around, you know, all this baby stuff, you know? <laughs> and then I tried it. I'm going, oh my God, I can't do any of this stuff. I'm going, oh no. So I had to start with chair yoga. And that's what I'm still on is chair yoga, but I'm soon to advance to real yoga, simple stuff, not the hard stuff. But anyway, I have been, I've noticed a big, um, a big difference in my flexibility and I've gained a hell of a lot more respect for the people who actually do yoga. <laughs> well, you actually do do yoga. So was your number one reason for yoga your mobility then? Yes, it was my flexibility. And now have you found that it has other benefits besides that? Are you having fun or having mental space or any of these other reasons? Yeah, I think it goes back to a sense of pride. You know, I basically are accomplishing something and also becoming more flexible at the same time. And so it's basically challenging. All right. Well, there you have it. Mark's new exercise the reasons why other BCs like to do exercise. How about you? We'd love to hear from you. Yes, what's your number one reason for exercise? If you'd like to share your BC Bravery Sports Report, call the Bravery Hotline, you speak pipe, or send audio of your story to Lori at CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. Remember, Get out and have some fun. We'd love to hear about it. Until next time, BCs, no matter how life surprises you, take care, because I, along with Mark, really, 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 from the top of the Zen place, care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. Letting